everybody. Welcome back to the Speed Force Media podcast. My name's Derek. My name's Eleanor. It's been a while. Yes, it has been. <laughs> we are back. Episode yeah. 17. Yes, we are. So I'm... she went on vacation. <laughs> Welcome back. Yes, Slacker. Thank you. <laughs> she didn't take me with her, but I had some things I had to get taken care of. But we are back. Yes, we got some things to talk about. We're going for more of a laid back show today. And... Eleanor, we haven't heard your thoughts on Blue Beetle trailer. That will be coming up. But we also got some other topics. Chris Evans says returning to the MCU doesn't feel right at the moment. James Gunn on superhero fatigue. Very, very interesting. What was the other topic, Eleanor? (laughs) Just kidding. Zach Levi. Shazam 2 is objectively better than the first Shazam movie. F the guys that disagree. And then, of course... The Blue Beetle trailer. Eleanor, where do you want to start? You want to start out with uh, Chris Evans says returning to the MCU? That sounds kind of... Yeah, because to me, that one, like, that one's already come up before in the past. Like, I think maybe a year or two ago, they were like, dude, you coming back? And he was like, nah, fam. And now they're probably asking him again. (laughs) By the way, hope you guys are all having a great day. Hope you're all having a good week. This is kind of hump day. Wednesdays. Yeah, so it is. <laughs> never, never the best day of the week, but hope we can make it a little better. You're halfway to Friday. Surprise, we're back. There. This yeah. went unannounced, by the way. <laughs> no community post, nothing. Yeah, we're just rudely barging in. Just like, boom, here's your notifications, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chris Evans. Um, I honestly, like, like I think it's it's just been, it's talked about in the past, and he said, oh, I don't think it's it feels right for me to come back. He's still kind of saying that, and honestly, I kind of agree, because, I mean, his Captain America had the best ending that could have happened for him, you know, it was a nice, like, icing on the cake. Old, so, man, old man Rogers. Right, I don't think I will. Like, yeah, I think I think that was absolutely like one of the better scenes, <laughs> especially like seeing him back in time dancing with his woman. Like that was exactly what we wanted for him. You know, yeah. I'm just sad that the only thing is he might not have been able to cross Nirvana off his to do list. I saw it on there. Did he? <laughs> I mean, that was back what in Winter Soldier. Yeah, he had some years. He had some time. OK, well, let's hope that before like Dave Grohl got blipped out of existence that he had to check that shit out (laughs) he grew his hair out for endgame so maybe it was a little kurt inspired well there you go maybe we don't know marvel theory yeah (laughs) people are like (laughs) no absolutely not they did that with batman we're not doing that yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing that with captain america too (laughs) yeah but i do think like i think he's done you mentioned this earlier like when we were going over topics you mentioned like Oh, yeah, I think, like, Chris Evans would be like, oh, so you want me to come in and save your asses after Phase 4? What am I supposed to do, come in and clean this shit up for you? And that's exactly how I feel like it would be if they brought him back. It would be like, hey, our last phase suck, but here's Chris <laughs> Evans. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, on a game show when they're like, and here's a brand new car. It would be exactly like that, except for Chris Evans is the brand new car. And all of us are the audience that's like, wow, we've never seen this before. Right. I mean, you look at phase four, some of the highlights were seeing people we had already seen in the past. Characters like Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, all of the villains in No Way Home. I was about to say, that movie became the hallmark of now shit is just bringing in old characters. Like, movies have been trying to cash in on that ever since No Way Home. Charles Xavier in Multiverse of Madness. And then... I feel like there was somebody else recently. Oh, Daredevil, of course, in She-Hulk. So they're using, and in No Way Home. And in No Way Home. But more recently in She-Hulk. Right. So it seems like the MCU kind of more recently has been referring back to their older characters or characters from the past relying on a little more nostalgia. And I, you're right. Chris Evans looks at the, the state of the MCU, sees that Phase 4 has kind of struggled has not been the strongest without him, and maybe that makes him feel good, and he looks at it and is like, you know, Endgame, at the time of its release, it was the highest-grossing film of all time. If I go back and it's, like, not even in the top 15, what are the people going to say about me? 
You right. Know? Not only that, all his friends are leaving. Like, right. you don't have Robert Downey Jr. Chris Hemsworth is probably on his way out, especially with how that last movie went. Like, uh, I think he might do one more Avengers film and then call it, if he even gets there. Maybe another Thor, but not... Right. I don't see that as really highly likely. I don't think Thor needs five He's fucking movies. He's not doing movies. three more movies. Right. right. And then not only that, it's just like, you also have Bruce Banner is getting less and less screen time. Um poor jeremy renner like i don't blame him for not being in acting right now but he's not coming back and then i mean scarlett johansson's out too so that just leaves that would only leave chris evans standing and they've already written a perfectly good ending so honestly to me it would also just feel like another fake death or you know another fake out and i don't think that would be like i think that would make endgame feel less valuable too and you don't want to go back and devalue stuff that's already been great and been good you know, you don't want to be like, hey, this is like the fifth time that this character is coming back that you thought died. Like, because there's no stakes at that point. Nobody's like, nobody's permadeath, you know? They've done that in lots of things. Right, because what happens if we watch, which I, I will d- disagree on you I, with you. I do think that there is a slight chance Jeremy Renner could actually return as Hawkeye. I don't right. think it's a priority necessarily, but he did say that he wants to get into uh, back into stunts. So he wants to get physical again. And, you know, whenever that could happen, I wouldn't I'd never say never for that. But for Chris Evans, who, yeah, had three Captain America movies, has been in four Avengers movies, which all were well received, all were financially successful. All of a sudden, if he shows up in Avengers King Dynasty and it's not as successful, or even if it's uh, semi-successful, even if it is a good movie, does it kind of damper the rewatch value of Avengers Endgame where you know, like, okay, this was the original finale for Captain America, kind of like how when you watch Avengers Infinity War or you rewatch it, when everybody dies at the end, it is still shocking. It is still a great scene. Don't get me wrong. It's still an amazing scene. But part of you knows everybody's coming back at the end of the next movie, and you just want to watch the next movie to get to that scene. It's still great. Don't get me wrong. But you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. re-watching Avengers Endgame, you'd be like, okay, well, this is still a great finale for Steve Rogers, but it's not the real finale. It's like if right. they undid Logan... That's why Hugh Jackman didn't want to do anything post-Logan, because he doesn't want to undo that finale. It would kind of remind me of, um, if anyone like listening, I'm sorry if you don't watch these movies, but Halloween. Get to H2O, the very end. You know, it's, it's the end for Michael, pretty much. And then they go in Resurrection and retcon all that shit and kill off Lori. It's like, you watch Halloween H2O and see this great ending where Lori wins and walks away from it. And you know that the next movie is going to have Kung Fu Buster Rhymes retconning <laughs> everything. Like, I just feel like it would feel exactly like that. It would be like, oh, okay, so it just makes this movie slightly less epic because... Moving forward, I know that this consequence that was in this movie is not substantial moving forward. If you have a franchise, I think you have to think about moving forward, how things in previous movies affect future movies. And for the MCU, they have a good track record so far of doing that. I just don't want to see them, you know, stumble backward on that. They've had a couple of fumbles, yes, in Phase 4, and kind of to the beginning of Phase 5 has been a little rocky, I'd say, for some people. For me, I liked it. But, you know, it's been a little rough, I guess, for like the last couple of years for the MCU. But I still think they have good writing. They still have a solid head on their shoulders with Kevin Feige. And I think there's a chance that they can move forward and still continue that storyline without it getting jumbled. And I don't think Chris Evans plays into that. I think his time as Captain America is done. I think if you want to move forward with the MCU, it's got to have that clear ending. Because you also have new characters you're bringing in. You know, you have Daredevil. He's going to come back. You could have him join the Avengers. You've got Spider-Man. He could be in the Avengers. You've got, I mean, hell, you've got Deadpool. You could have him, you could throw his ass in there, and that would be funny. The New Avengers or the West Coast Avengers. You could bring in the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. 
There's plenty of other characters. Plus, we have a Captain America right now who's about to get a fourth, well, his first movie, but the fourth in the franchise. Right, exactly. Not right. only that, you also have, like, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. You have all of these. You have She-Hulk. You have all these different characters you've introduced. Mm. Right, exactly. Some of them we're not, like, huge fans of. But still, you've introduced all these characters, so there's no need to bring <laughs> back what I would consider at this point a legacy character almost from almost. Phase 1. Almost. There's no need to bring back an OG and just make, you know, kind of also devalues the newer characters. I would say the only ones that I would say for up for grabs to bring back in would be somebody like maybe Wolverine if he shows up, if you have Hugh Jackman show up, or maybe Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield because they've already been brought back. So I think that's up for grabs. Right. And, you know, one thing that they could do, it's very easy to do because it's multiverse. If they want to do it in King Dynasty or Secret Wars, like you said, they could bring in the other Spider-Mans because they're variants. Well, you can right. just bring in a variant of Robert Downey Jr. or a variant of Steve Rogers. Um, right, but a, it's not Earth-66's version. Right, it's not our Earth's version. That way you don't have to undo that finale. That's probably something that they'll end up doing if Steve Rogers even comes back. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think Steve Rogers, Captain America, Chris Evans... All of it going to come back? Or do you think his days are over? Whatever you think, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear it. All right, moving on to the next topic. We're going to be talking about James Gunn. And he has been asked recently about superhero fatigue and whether that's a real thing. Because I think that's been brought up a lot in the media lately, too. A lot of people have talked about superhero fatigue. I mean, it's come up every now and then. But I feel like lately it's been almost kind of feels dire to people. And I think you could say that all the way from back when Black Adam came out. And James Gunn, I don't agree with everything he says. Or sometimes where he and I just butt heads. Like, you know, not actually because I don't have real beef with James Gunn. But... I mean, like, sometimes he says something and I'm just like, dude, just get off of Twitter. But in these interviews, he actually said something that I thought was really true and really intelligent. And he mentioned the fact that superhero fatigue doesn't come from superheroes themselves or from, you know, the genre itself. It comes from the usage of the characters, the emotional connection to the story, and the story's writing itself, whether it feels repetitive. Because... And I'm going to kind of expound upon this. So he didn't say all of this. He was talking about movies that kind of have like high stakes all the time. And for me, that would be something like almost like world ending. Like it seems like the world is always at stake. Always seems like Earth is in trouble. And I think at that point, when it's always the planet's going to explode if we don't do something, at that point, you're just like, all right, well, then let it explode. I'm sick of this. This happens every week. Right? right. So it feels kind of tired. So I think it is important to have smaller stories, stories that focus in on smaller characters, smaller goals, maybe things that aren't world-ending but could, you know, could devastate a city or could devastate a group of people or something like that, right? Something smaller, like Ant-Man, the first one, was a bank heist movie. Like, that was, or a heist movie at least. Yeah. So it was at least, like, you know, smaller scale. And I think you need those smaller scale movies to make the big ones feel big. And I think that was the thing that we should really take away from James Gunn's words is because he was talking about how, especially in the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy, like after the blip, it feels like after Endgame, all the other movies pass and it's like, well, you can't get stakes much higher than that. So it's really hard to continue to elevate or live up to that level. There's always something like the multiverse is in trouble now, or the Earth is in trouble, or the universe is in trouble, or time itself is in trouble. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> right. now it just feels ridiculous. And I think having Guardians of the Galaxy does feel like it's, even though it's galactic and the universe is rather large, it feels like it's on a smaller scale because the goals are smaller. The story is written around something a little more concise, and it's built Isn't... with emotional tension. I think that's something that really lacks from some superhero movies, like Black Adam. I'm not, gonna, I'm not meaning to pick on this movie, but 
Because I like Black Adam. Yeah, right. It's a. It's just so easy to say, like, this was kind of a generic superhero movie. Like, sure. things explode and go kaboom. There's some sassy-ass lines. And you don't really have much of an emotional connection to any of the side characters. And you have a kind of a half-assed telling of Teth Adams' past that makes you have a half-assed connection to him. And so, for me, it's like, the only person I was super excited about in that movie... Other than I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool version of Black Adam was, holy shit, Henry Cavill showing up for the last, like, 30 seconds. And I think that's really kind of sad, right? And then you have Shazam 2 come out. And while I liked that film and thought it was a lot of fun, and I personally thought it was a little better than the first one, you know, there's things Did you think it was better than the first Shazam? Well, it's hard because there's things I really liked about the first one. There's also things I really didn't like. There's things I really liked about the second one. There's things I really didn't like. And it kind of evens out almost. Really? Right. So I think they're kind of, they're almost on the same scale. Wow. Kind okay. of for me. I wouldn't say like one is extremely better than the other, but I would say the second one had a little bit more of like the family dynamic and heart that we didn't see in the first one. And I think the villains were a lot stronger for me than Dr. Savannah. But again, all mm. opinion, all opinion based. This isn't a review for Shazam, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say, you know, that's people have been talking about, well, we're talking super, about superhero fatigue, right? People are talking about superhero fatigue with that movie too. And I think it's just because again, the world was at stake. The world yeah. was going to explode. And so you had dragons flying through buildings. You had badass and unicorns eating Skittles. As a lot of people have said, people in capes fighting people in capes. But right. unfortunately, like it was characters that we haven't seen all that much in live action. The Marvel family, Captain Marvel or Shazam, the Shazam family. And unfortunately, because people didn't turn out to see this for whatever reason, whether it's the DC reboot or just lack of interest in Zachary Levi, or lack of interest in Shazam as a standalone franchise, whatever the reasons may be, or the marketing. It sucks for this character because if he doesn't get carried over into the DCU, if he's not as great of friends as he's been talking about with James Gunn and Peter Safran, he's probably not going to get, uh, get to be able to play this character, and the character's probably going to get shelved. And right. that may be due to superhero fatigue. Um, and I do think I agree with a lot of the things James... I almost said Cameron, sorry. James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> that James Gunn has said. It's, in a way, it's kind of like disaster movies where yeah. they can be very entertaining. It doesn't matter how great the CGI looks or how many great actors you have or how many great fight scenes you have. If it's just the earth exploding or the ocean wiping out buildings and you know mass deaths all the time then you're just waiting for something polar opposite to happen where okay if almost everybody's dying the whole time then i'm waiting for everyone to actually die or right. the opposite and that's really it and then when Everything just goes back to normal by the end. I can understand why people are tired of seeing that story. And that's why there's so many other great comic book movies out there that transcend the genre. I, right. I don't think that there necessarily is a superhero fatigue. Because Wakanda Forever came out. Were people say, saying there was a superhero fatigue during that time? No. 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 What about when the Batman came out? No. Right. Zack Snyder's Justice League? No. Um spider-man no way home no right maybe a few conversations during multiverse of madness but it still made a shit ton of money right um really it's just the dceu that's been struggling to make money and then yeah ant-man and the wasp quantumania did not make a lot of money but the ant-man franchise has never been a huge blockbuster franchise um that's just my thoughts on it i i do think that like any film franchise there can be fatigue to DC. There can be a fatigue to Marvel. But I don't necessarily think that it's because there's a person uh, on screen that originates from a comic book page. I think right. people are going to go see Joker Felia do because they want to see that story get told. I think people are going to watch The Boys because they have a great story to tell. Same with right. Invincible. Same with uh, Peacemaker. Same with whatever. 
Right. It, it's just all that comes down to the story and the characters. And some of those stories that I just mentioned, The Boys, uh, Peacemaker, isn't always about the world being, like you said, in global dire death watch or death notice right all the time now some of those by the end of it yeah by the finale is like yeah okay so we got to stop the world from an alien butterflies whatever (laughs) (laughs) but hey that's kind of how it goes and i'm okay with that but maybe we're in the minority what do you guys Um, think is Oh, you got more thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, I kind of want to call out the human race here for just a second. I don't think that it's all just because there's a dude in a cape fighting another dude in a cape. Because we watch plenty of war movies, which is all dudes with guns fighting other dudes with guns, right? Um, So I don't think it's necessarily what the people are wearing or who they're fighting or what they're doing. I honestly think it's just how the story is told. It's how you know, the information is presented because if it all feels the same or if we're retelling the same stories over and over again, like, I don't know how many times, like, we've seen Batman's origin story. At this point, we all know what happened to uh, Tom Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne. We all know what the fuck happened there. We don't need this told again and again and again and again and again. So I can understand, the like, the fatigue to that, to hearing the same story over and over again. But I just don't think it has to do with the comic book genre in general. Because you can have fatigue in literally anything. Right. Like, like if you look at, like, the shipwreck community, like, the people who look into ships all the time, most people like Titanic, right? The ship. But then you have the minority there who are like, I don't want to hear about this. Everyone has talked about it. Because it's the most popular thing, right? And I think the same thing happens with the superhero genre. You have, okay, well, I'm sick of hearing about Batman's origin story, or we've already seen this, we've already seen the sky beam, we've already seen the aliens come and invade Earth four times now. What is something else that can be dire? So I think, you know, changing the stakes, changing it up a little bit, would be a good refresher, get people excited to go back and see those movies again, those types of movies. And, like, look at Logan. Like, those stakes were not the Earth. At at peril. It not, was a not group, necessarily. Right. It was a group of like fifteen kids. Right. And it was an amazing story that really got to the core of humanity and really like stuck with me. And it still makes me cry every time I watch it. So I think if we had more stories like that that were more character driven, I think it would turn out better. But you know, you and I might be in the more minority. I hope not, because I would like to see the genre of comic book movies continue. I think it is a lot more like the sci-fi genre versus the Western genre because there's so many different comic book movies out there that are completely different than others. You mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy currently being a more realistic, grounded uh, movie in the MCU that might be coming out today, which is just insane because at the time that it came out, at the time it came out, it was completely different uh, feeling about it at the time it felt like okay you're doing a movie about a talking raccoon a talking tree (laughs) in a spaceship okay um so it is kind of funny how the state of the comic book movie genre has changed but it is a lot more like sci-fi and i will compare it to slasher as well the slasher genre because it's been around forever really it really has and It's going to continue to be around forever. Sure, critics and maybe the general audience will eventually tire from it. But there's never been a decade or never been multiple years on end, really, without a comic book movie, without a slasher movie. And once it starts going stale, every now and then, you get a Wes Craven's new nightmare. And then that opens the door for a scream. And then that opens the door for Bride of Chucky. And then all of a sudden, the comic book movie genre is going to evolve into something different than just trying to emulate the MCU, the shared cinematic universes. I think that is really maybe where the whole uh, fatigue idea might be coming from. Also, multiverse. Because like you said, it's just escalating. It's just getting bigger. 
eventually Spanish because the DC animated universe did the shared universe first. <laughs> long time ago, but it wasn't crammed. I I do think that maybe it's just getting too big. Maybe they need to bring it back down to earth. I want to see more Daredevil. I think so many f- I see it all the time online. So many Marvel fans are just waiting for Daredevil yeah. because it's going to be probably the best show that they put out in the next few years at least the one it seems like there's the most hype about i don't know i could right. be wrong other than maybe secret invasion just because it's so amelia uh, clark <laughs> well and so soon it's right. coming up but yeah what do you guys think superhero movie fatigue there's a lot of great points a lot of great debates what do you think let us know in the comments all right we're moving next into zachary levi and i don't know if you guys have known this but zachary levi for the most part i would say he's a pretty like He's a really nice guy, for like, from what I can tell. And seems like a very humble, genuine guy. And doesn't really speak much on stuff. And then this year, he's just like... Boom. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> just like, you know what? I'm opening the book. Everything that I've written in here, I'm telling y'all, I'm putting it all on the table. And it's just like, yeah. damn, this man is just coming out here and saying some things. <laughs> in a way, it's pretty cool. Like, right. you're, you're not holding back. You might be out of a job. So you're... <laughs> yeah. you're He's got nothing to lose. (laughs) You got nothing to lose. You might as well uh, say say your piece. Right. And, you know, it's not, like, always a good thing. But I think in this case, like, for the most part, I won't say I agree with everything he said or, like, he should have said everything at some point. And so I'm like, yeah, maybe you should have kept that to the best. But for the most part, I would say the things he's saying are things that needed to be said. Um. This latest thing that he said, though, he was like, yeah, I think this, I don't understand why it's not making money at the box office, but I think we really made a better movie than the first one. I get paid to play an immature version of myself, and I highly recommend that, which I thought that was hysterical, because I would love to play an (laughs) immature version of myself for money. It'd be great. For sure. But then he was like, F those people who don't like the movie or didn't go to see it. I'm like... Ooh, we're just coming out swinging. Like, who are you fighting with that? <laughs> Seriously, like, but I I do think, like, that might, he might even be, like, low-key, the undertone of superhero fatigue might be part of that. Because, you know, like we talked about with our last topic, the Shazam movie, I feel like, kind of suffered from the people who were like, oh, I'm just sick of seeing this, blah, 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 or it doesn't matter because it's not connected to the DCEU. And I think that Zachary Levi is... DCU. Right, that's what I meant. Sorry. There's too many DC universes for yeah. me. DCAU, DCEU, <laughs> DCU. There's too much shit happening. Can we just put it all in one? <laughs> but, um, you know, Zachary Levi, I think, has realized also with this lack of bo- box office success and how this movie is going to streaming so quickly that, you know, he's probably not getting a third film. So... Might as well say, you know, like, screw the haters. Like, this movie was good, and I'm proud of the things I did. And I think it's important for him to be proud of it. And I'm just I'm just kind of sad, honestly, because he did play a really wonderful Shazam in my part. And I know that it's like there's... I've seen things going around, like, Screen Rants talked about it. I've seen, like, things around YouTube, too, where people are like, oh, I thought, like, he was really immature. It's like, you do realize that he was playing, a, like, a, a 15-year-old kid. Well, in the first movie. Right. He was close to 18. One, but what 18-year-old boy have you met that is mature? I will say. I'll wait. <laughs> I will say there is a lot of people, and they are completely validated because I agree, is that there's often times where Billy Batson feels way more mature than Shazam. And right. it shouldn't feel that way. It right. should be the opposite. opposite. At least that's the way it was in some incarnations of the character. And... They went for the more New 52 route, which is honestly a lot of classic Captain Marvel fans' least favorite incarnation. And that's the just the route the DCU kind of went for a lot of their characters was right. the New 52. And what are we talking about? <laughs> Zachary Levi's comments on how he was like, F those people. <laughs> so I don't know if he was joking. It's hard to say Right, because some articles, some articles because say he was joking, but some don't. He says... Right. I mean, he said the movie is objectively better than the first one. And I disagree, even though I do like Fury of the Gods. 
it does uh, not tea. It has <laughs> bad ratings. It bombed financially. It's not tea. You know, <laughs> anybody would say that Shazam, the first one, which made money but barely but was awesome and had fans and critics uh basically all unanimously love it at least compared to this one to say this movie's objectively better because it's in theaters right now and not making money it just kind of seemed in a lot of people's eyes a little sad a little like you're just begging for people to go out and see your movie and it's I can it's that, not yeah. going to be enough dude and it seems like every few days he's kind of opening more doors and saying more things and some of the stuff regarding like the Dwayne Johnson uh stopping a cameo you know you wouldn't have heard about this um if it was the MCU right you wouldn't hear about this probably in James Gunn's DCU Right. Or if you did, it would be like a fun fact. It wouldn't be like, hey, here's this toxic guy who's trying to interfere with our post credit scenes because there's a lot of egos involved. And I think going forward, it'll be the process will be a lot more fluid. Right. And it'll feel more connected. Unfortunately, I don't think Zachary Levi is going to be a part of that. I think you're right. I hope so. At least have him show up in like maybe a crossover, like a Justice League movie, even if you're not going to continue on and do like a third Shazam film. But as far as the F F those guys, I think he's just joking around. I mean, he's 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 got to learn to take a loss. And that's another thing is I think both him and Dwayne just really are struggling a little bit to take a loss. Just you understand your film was not well received. I mean, you watch some of these some of these videos. I do love Zachary Levi. I am not shitting on Zachary Levi. I'm a bigger fan than you are. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm saying is he is in a way in these videos kind of saying, I, "I this film is way better than the first one. This is a great film. I don't know why you haven't go see it. Go see it 3 times. Go see it 5 times." It's like, "What?" <laughs> Zach people aren't it's oh it's done it's it's right. over it, it is a failure unfortunately it is um and then he you know he also talked about the mcu too which i thought was weird for him to bring that up we were that he was like according to him that kevin Feige he said he was supposed to have a bigger role in like i think it was either thor or thor the dark world i can't remember which one thor the dark world and i mean he just didn't and who knows? Maybe he did film more scenes and those scenes got cut out. But, and I think that would be unfortunate. But now I just feel like he's just kind of, you know, swinging, swinging at the fences with that. Like, now you're like, I know you're mad about Shazam, but don't go after Marvel for that. Well, no. <laughs> like, like, girl. <laughs> like, whoa. Now we're just letting it all hang yeah, out. Now he's we're like, airing our grievances. And Tommy in senior year, you're an asshole for stealing my glue. Right. You know when your mom's mad and she comes in your room, like, your music's too loud? She's like, your music's too loud. And then she goes, and why are you wearing this stupid hats? I don't like the way they make your hair look. And you didn't clean, take out the trash yesterday. And all of a sudden she goes off on a rant about all the things you did not do or the things that make her mad. It feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> or it's yeah. like, and then you did this and then you did this. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. And, you know, I'm not trying to, like... Wow, you're really going after Zachary <laughs> Levi. I'm really not trying to rain on his parade, because I do feel bad for him. Like, because it I did enjoy the movie. It is too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the movie, honestly. I thought it was fun. Like, the unicorns was amazing. I thought it was fun. I thought, like, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, though I didn't think they're, you know, like, their characters were the strongest, I still liked them better than the first villain that we got in the first movie. I did not. Yeah, see, and it's all subjective. It is mixed. It's very and, mixed. And, and Zach Levi doesn't understand it. It's mixed, bro. Right. It's just mixed. Like, And it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means no. that the movie wasn't good. You're still awesome. You're still cool, yeah. bro. You'll still have a great yeah. career. Look back at the first one. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, you starred in two big comic book movies. You've had Seriously. two movies. The Flash still has not had a single one. He's right. going too soon. But right. Shazam has had... 
two movies before a character like the Flash. You said, actually brought that character to the forefront. Yeah, like Zachary Lee did that. that shit. Shit. Like, yeah. Own that shit. It doesn't matter if the movies like weren't well received. You never know how it's gonna be in ten years. Yeah. Like look at there's some movies where people are like, Oh, this is gonna be a You don't now. see Tom then, Hardy like, coming out talking about how well, I guess Venom movies made a lot of money, but a lot of people don't like those movies. And you don't right. see Tom Hardy coming out saying, Hey, I wish people you know, people are dumb or F those guys. Right, they don't know exactly. they're talking. Now Zach Levi's still like we said, could be all context. He could be joking. Right, so exactly. It, it so is hard to take everything that we said judge. with a grain of salt. I love Zachary Levi, so I do hope he gets to continue he's got in a some good, capacity. Got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's deep down. He's a good. person. He's just saying so much that it's ruffling some people's feathers, and right. people are freaking out about some of the things he's saying. So when he says, "Oh, f those guys." You know, those people that are already mad get more mad. Right. When so. people are already amped up, you're just going to add fuel to the fire. Yeah. So I think, like, what I want for Zachary Levi, like, if he's listening, please, like, take a vacation, have a margarita, enjoy yourself, celebrate the things that Go you have to done Thailand, great. Yeah. Put your feet in the sand or some shit. Yeah. Like, or enjoy life. There. Yeah, enjoy life. Like, enjoy your successes because even if this movie didn't do well, you still did a great job in this movie and you should still celebrate that. 100%. Honestly. But enough about Zachary Levi. We're going to move on into Blue Beetle because Derek got to give his thoughts, but now you get to hear what I have to say. <laughs> and just a recap for anybody that didn't catch my video, which I hope you do. A little yeah. <laughs> selfish. A little plug yeah. there. Go check, check it out. The cards. Hit the subscribe no while you're waiting. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Blue Beetle I'm, is a character I'm not very familiar with. I only saw him in about Injustice 2, which I thought was awesome, super fun to play with. He showed up in Young Justice, and he actually had a lot of screen time in the first couple seasons of Young Justice. I'm not totally caught up with that show, but yeah, I really liked him in that, but never watched or uh, never read a comic, so I, I don't know all the different ver versions of Blue Beetle. You know, it's kind of like The Flash. There's multiple different people that take the mantle. Right. We saw a couple different Blue Beetle suits at the very end. I don't know if George Lopez is a former Blue Beetle, if that's his father. Um, I think, what's his name? Jaime Reyes? I can't remember his name, how to pronounce it. Uh, right. But I liked, the, I liked the trailer. I thought it looked fun. Um, it didn't look hilarious. It didn't blow me away with a revolutionary story or anything like that. For a once was going to be a straight to HBO Max streaming movie, I thought the visuals actually impressed me for what I thought it was going to look like. I thought it was going to look like a CW episode, and I thought it looked like a 70 or $90 million movie. I don't know what the budget was. I'm not a budget expert by any means, but... On that aspect, I was a little bit impressed. Thought it looked like an Iron Man, Spider-Man kind of mix for DC. Could be a good variety for their library and their live-action characters overall. Just adding a different mix. And other than that, didn't really care for the Batman jab. I really fucking hate it when shows and movies will go out of their way to bash DC. What does DC stand for again? Detective Comics? Oh, yeah. Who's who's the detective? Exactly. Don't <laughs> fucking shit on your biggest gold nugget. Batman, I said it the other day. Batman is Warner Brothers' golden ball sack. You do not <laughs> fuck with Batman. All right? I don't understand. Now, maybe a lot of people thought it was hilarious. Maybe a lot of people agree. But I thought it was like, what? Batman's a fascist? Wait, but I like Batman. I don't like fascists. Does that mean I'm a fascist? I've seen a lot like, of negative comments what? about that myself. I just don't, I didn't understand it. If you know, I I know it's one thing. Like in the Titans trailer, Robin's doing all this kick-ass action. There's gore. He's fast-paced. It almost looked like Daredevil-level choreography in the very first Titans trailer before Titans ever came out. Super badass moment and i'm invested and then he turns the camera all slow he takes a big breath out and he goes fuck batman and i'm just like why why well, why not only that, it just feels like an insult to the people who like batman like not I only mean, are you insulting the character you're low-key not like <laughs> not high-key right and you can't say that they're actually saying this it's just kind of a vibe that sits under the phrase of anything like when you say when you know, like a company says something, especially about their own character, 
Like, when they say something like that, you're kind of saying that to the viewers that like that thing. So saying, like, Batman's a fascist, I'm not saying that they're telling us that we're fascists, but they're kind of telling us that we're fascists, right? They might not be. Right, and I can't say that they are saying that or that was the intention. I think they were just trying to say something edgy, trying to be edgelords here. Probably. And give George Lopez (laughs) a cool line. Yeah, exactly. Like... They're the edgelords simping for people on freaking, uh, on the internet, just, like, on live streams and crap. But I just think, like, honestly, it was just not an appropriate comment either. And to me, it made me cringe, and it made, like, any excitement I had for this movie, which, honestly, there wasn't much, was killed instantly. Like, not... Like, I was like, (laughs) "Mm, I'm also a history buff. You people probably know this about me. History buff, Right. Nazis isn't really something and fascists and stuff like that. It's uncomfy to make jokes about like that because like, yeah, some of them can be funny, but comparing other people to fascists when they're really not, is just like, ee, that feels gross. Like, it just feels like ee, you're just devaluing what actually is fascist because it just like, instead of saying like, this is actually fascist and that's bad. Now everything can be labeled as fascist. <laughs> I'm just like, mm, no, don't like it. <laughs> so what'd you think of the trailer? <laughs> Other than that? Um, honestly, I was like, ooh, this kind of looks like, it looks cool. It looks cool. Like I thought Black Adam looked cool. Like definitely had a little bit better music than the Black Adam trailer, but... <laughs> But I thought that the uh, CGI for, like, inside the goggles looked bad. Looked like a PS3 video game. But other than that, I was like, oh, this looks cool. Like, this looks like a character I've never... (laughs) Stop laughing at me. (laughs) This looks like a character I've never heard of before that maybe I could, like, get invested in. Like, it could be something that I can learn about. Expand the universe. You're laughing at me still. (laughs) I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm just... For the last, like, five minutes, I'm just trying to... So, hey, what did you think of the trailer? What about, you know, the music? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly think, I'm like... Trying and find... I'm not trying to be mean, because I oh, do no, think... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just I... trying to find one thing that to I just about it? steer into a positive direction. You're like, don't even get me started on Black Adam. And I'm just like, <laughs> God damn... Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, where Eleanor is rude as hell. No, but, I love um, it. It's so funny. No, but I do think, like, the family dynamic that's presented in the movie seems interesting to me. The cultural dynamic, I would love to be, like, immersed more in that. I think it also is important for Latino characters to get the spotlight, especially if they have an interesting story to tell and the character's interesting, which, I mean, the scarab, seemed interesting to me. I was like, ooh, tell me more about that. I thought the suit looked cool. The scene where he flies up into space looked amazing. Like, straight out of Man of Steel type level. Like, looked good. Um, you know, that that all looks fun to me. Like, it looks like it's going to be a fun, action-packed family movie. I'm just worried that it's going to feel a little samey, like we were talking about with the superhero fatigue earlier. I'm just hoping that it doesn't fall into that same pothole that it can bring us something new, something refreshed, something different. And if it can do that, then take my money, I'll see it, you know? Um, and the fact that I've, I've heard rumors, so I can't, con- you know, can't confirm this because I'm not a leaker or anything, but that the DCU might be picking up Blue Beetle, there's right. a chance for that. Which Deadline is so, reported. Right. And if that's true, that will make this movie have a hell of a higher chance in the box offices and in theaters because then people will be like, oh, there's a reason to see it. It doesn't feel pointless. Well, that would make the argument that the only reason Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods did not make money is because of the DC reboot, which we didn't know Henry Cavill wasn't coming back as Superman until after Black Adam was already in theaters. So... That'd be my argument, because some other people do make that argument. That'd be my argument against it. Um, All you can fight me on it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You'd probably win. You'd probably win. (laughs) But I do see what you're saying. It it doesn't look like it's the most uh, revolutionary comic book movie out there, but it doesn't also look like the multiverse is at stake either. It kind of reminds me of like an Ant-Man 
kind of feel or a Shazam. Right. If it has that kind of feel, if it feels like an Ant Man movie, I think it'll be a ton of fun. Right. Um, I think like honestly, like the cast looks great. The only one I'm worried about, that I'm kind of suspicious of, is George Lopez. But that's because I've only ever seen him in the George Lopez show or, or stand up or stand up. Right. So seeing him in a role like that, I'm like, mm, I hope it's good. You know, I hope for the best for the movie, for the sake of the movie, that George Lopez kills it. Um, but other than that, I would say, like, it looks like it's going to be fun. And I think, you know, people deserve to have fun, and it's good to let loose and have fun at the movies. Not, like you told me earlier, not every movie has to be revolutionary and change the way I think about life forever, you know? It just has to entertain me. And I think if Blue Beetle is able to be entertaining and present an interesting story and really kind of, you know, give us a new character to talk about in the DC universe, then I think it'll be a success and I think it'll be a good movie. What if it's not? What if it's what if it comes out, gets mixed to positive reviews, makes 30 to 50 million world or not worldwide, but 30 to 50 million in the opening weekend, uh manages to cross 100 150 million by the second or third weekend and then finishes out roughly around you know 300 million worldwide so kind of like the first shazam movie right um except i don't know the exact budget for this scenario i don't know the budget for blue beetle because of the whole hbo max thing did it get a bigger budget once it got the theatrical promotion i don't know that being said do you think if it makes three hundred million worldwide at the box office, not a huge number, three hundred million worldwide, do you think James Gunn looks at that and says, "Okay, that is a good enough of a number to bring over into the DCU, which has already been reported with by Deadline," or do you think it's going to also, and maybe even more importantly, come down to the reviews? Okay, so let's say that the reviews are mixed to positive, right? So maybe, like, the overall score would be somewhere between, like, a 55% and a 75%. We'll give it, we'll be generous like that. And if it only made $300 million. Really big. Right. And take this with a grain of salt because I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. Neither am I. If I were James Gunn, I almost all said James Cameron, too. Look what you've done (laughs) to me. (laughs) But if I were James Gunn, I would look at it and be like, hmm, interesting, okay. Well, obviously the people want Blue Beetle, but they don't want this Blue Beetle. So then I would probably reboot that character and just leave Blue Beetle, this movie, in the past. Maybe shelf the character for five years and then re-release later. And I think that's what would happen. And I think the same thing with Shazam, that they'd be like, "Hmm, okay, well, we're going to shelf the character for five years, recast, do it over, and do it this different way. Because, especially the way that I'm hearing about his Superman movie could be calling back to an older time with Superman, I think that he might be turning the clock backward on some of these characters. Instead of doing the new 52 versions, might be going backward. And especially if this Blue Beetle movie goes to the new 52 one, like, I don't know if that's the version they're doing. They're pulling from different, multiple different variations, Um, apparently. Right. So, depending upon how that goes, he might you know, roll the clock back and choose something different to go off of. Might not even choose the same Blue Beetle. Right, exactly. So it might be something entirely different that he decides to come up with because we have no idea. Like, his, he could do the Flash movie, it does really well or something, and then, you know, because of all the drama there, reboots the Flash into a different version. Maybe then it's Wally West that picks up next. Jay Garrick. Right, exactly. So we have no idea moving forward what is going on in James Gunn's mind creatively and what he's doing. But if Blue Beetle kind of does what we would consider maybe mediocre at best or mediocre to okay, then I don't know if... I honestly personally think if I were him, I would like, okay, let's let it rest for a little bit. It breaks even. Right. If it breaks even at that point, you're like, it's quote-unquote successful but it's not profitable so then i think they would want to move into a direction that's more profitable and that would be able to tie in easier with the dcu 
because I also think that this Blue Beetle movie is kind of a standalone, which DCEU was riddled with standalone films that felt like they could have tied in, but it was loose tie-ins or didn't like feel consistent. Like even if you look at Justice League, whichever version you watch, whether it's the, the Joss Whedon, whether it's Joss Whedon's or the real version, Mira is completely different in that movie than she is in Aquaman. There are like. Even within the same universe, using the same characters, it's completely different movie to movie to movie to movie with the DCEU. For the most part. So there I are exceptions. think like, if Blue Beetle falls into something similar to that, then I think James Gunn is going to look at that and be like, nah, we're just going to shelf that well, for a little bit and move on. He has said before that it's very, very disconnected to the rest of the DC universe. So it'd be very easy to bring it into the new DCU. He was very uh, picky right, with the way he Right, but he said the same thing it. with Shazam, too. He did. And I don't think, like, honestly, with Shazam, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think it all comes down to the numbers game. I think it, it to might... him, he's going to see it as, like, kind of like how YouTubers, like, if you guys didn't know, like, we can see analytics on videos and stuff. They know. So if we see a video topic isn't doing well, we don't talk about it again. So same thing with big movie studios. If they see a movie doesn't do good, they aren't going to do it's a second one. They aren't going to continue forward with that. They're going to move on to something different. I do think there is a chance that because Shazam or uh, <laughs> because Zach Levi is such good friends with Peter Safran, like he likes to mention, that he could be still brought on as a reoccurring character. You right. know, he doesn't have to have his own movies. But right. what do you guys think? Do you think? Blue Beetle is going to be a box office success. Do you think if it is, it is going to move forward in the DCU? What if it only breaks even? What happens then? Do you think it will still move over into the DCU? Do you think it's going to get shelved? A lot of questions about the DCU moving forward, whether it's The Flash, whether it's Shazam, whether it's Superhero Fatigue. Love to hear whatever you think down in the comments below. Thank you guys for listening. Eleanor, why don't you sign us off? All right. Thank you guys so much for checking in with us for the Speed Force Media Podcast. And it is every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when I'm not rudely on vacation. If you liked this episode and you are listening on YouTube, give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel if you're feeling fancy. And if you happen to be on an audio-only format like Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, or another podcasting service, make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe for more content since it does help us reach more listeners like you. And then we'll see you guys next week. Make sure to iron your capes.